Welcome to my weekly Silent Truths Insights. Insights discussing well-being, health, and the journey of life. Um, Relative to whatever time of day that you're tuning in, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And as always, thank you so much for continuing to tune in to the weekly audio recordings um, from Silent Truths. And thank you for your continued support, whether it's reading of the blogs or commenting or sharing, um, however you choose to support me. Um, I'm grateful and I just want to say thank you very much. Thank you so kindly. Um, So I'm going to jump right into today's topic, which is simply around um, structuring your daily meals in alignment with the rhythm of your body and the rhythm of nature. Again, structuring your daily meals in alignment with the rhythm of your body and the rhythm of nature. So I'm first going to start off with just simply posing a question to you, which is, have you ever given some time to think about how do you structure your daily meals? How do you structure your daily meals? Um, Are you mindful of the kind of meal that you're eating with respect to the time of day that you're eating your meals? These are two questions that, you know, I want you to sit with and sort of pause and reflect as you think about, um, you know, the the structure and the, the timing of your meals. One of the things that I would like to talk about is the mindfulness of what we eat relative to the time of day um, and also relative to the strength of our digestive system with respect to the time of the day. I'm going to give you a little background as to why I'm discussing um, this topic with you today. So just as the rhythm of our body and many biological processes that take place in our body aligns with the rhythm of nature, Our digestive system is actually one of the systems that is actually no different and included in that um, that rhythm, meaning being aligned with the rhythm of nature. The strength of our digestive system is actually directly correlated or connected to nature, and particularly the strength of our digestive system is in direct um, correlation or connection um, with, or better yet, or in alignment with the rising and the setting of the sun on a daily basis. Um, So I'm going to repeat that again. The strength of our digestive system is in direct alignment with the rising and the setting of the sun. So before I go deeper into this, you know, I first want to talk about what exactly do I mean by the strength of our digestive system? Because that, you know, that could mean a lot of different things to many different people. So I sort of want to, um, you know, kind of hone down onto exactly what I mean by the strength. Um, So just as I've mentioned in previous audio recordings, you know, I take the time because I enjoy doing so to study other practices of medicine um, because I believe that all different alternative modalities or Eastern forms of medicine can lead to sort of lending us this holistic view that we have of our bodies and help us to sort of adopt and and incorporate different rituals, practices, um, and things of that nature that align with our specific body types relative to whatever other 
modality that we're choosing to, you know, incorporate within our our daily health rituals or daily self-care rituals, um, and also help to lend us a better understanding of our bodies from, you know, a lot of different um, perspectives. It sort of gives us a panoramic view um, of of our bodies relative to um, different forms of medicine, whether it's Eastern medicine and even in some cases, Western medicine, or just adopting alternative modalities. So particularly uh, the medicine that I'm speaking of today is Ayurvedic medicine. Ayurvedic is spelled A-Y-U-R-V as in Victor, E-D as in dog, I-C. And Ayurvedic medicine, I've mentioned this before in um, a few of my other uh, audio recordings, is pretty much a form of medicine that's originated in India and defined as the knowledge of life and longevity or the science of life. So Ayurvedic medicine really views the body as being interconnected and interdependent, which is something that I really, really uh, like about this particular um, form of medicine, viewing the body um, as one, not separating the mind from the body, the brain from the body, or, um, you know, sort of separating the organs from the body or focusing on one single component of the body. It, you know, it really takes the time to um, lay out how the body is interconnected and interdependent and really focuses on the ongoing alignment of the rhythms of our body with the rhythms of nature and also the union of mind, body, and spirit, at which, you know, in my opinion, that is the ultimate form of wellness when we can uni- when we can unify, excuse me, our mind, our body, and spirit. So with respect, you know, to our digestive system, I'm going to give you another word that's used from an Ayurvedic perspective that you will hear me use frequently throughout this um, audio recording that can sort of serve as a substitute for the word strength, when I say strength of our digestive system. And that word is our digestive fire or the term Agni. Agni is spelled A-G-N-I. So when I say strength of our digestive system, I'm using two words interchangeably, one digestive fire and two Agni. And, um, so just make note of that, you know, if you hear me frequently use that throughout uh, this particular uh, recording. So our digestifier or Agni represents pretty much the strength of our digestive capacity relative to the time of day or pretty much the, you know, Agni can represent the force within our digestive system. Our digestive system has a force, just like other organs in our body has a life force. Um, Well, Agni can represent the life force of our digestive system that governs transformation. And what I mean by transformation is turning food into nutrients. So transforming the food that we eat into nutrients, vitamins, and minerals. Um, Agni, it also Di, uh, excuse me, it also governs our, um, our digestive capacity, our ability to absorb and assimilate the food that we eat, um, the nutrients and the minerals that are broken down from the food that we eat as well. So there's, you know, you have transformation and then you have assimilation. So first something has to be transformed 
before we're able to absorb it. And assimilation just basically means, uh, you know, to absorb, to take up within. So um, Agni, our digestive fire, actually governs this process. Our Agni also governs the creation of our digestive enzymes, our stomach acid, which is also called hydrochloric acid, and it also governs the, the new, excuse me, the nutrition of our tissues. Um, and and Agni is also the vehicle by which the food that we eat sort of becomes consciousness. And what I mean by that is it governs the transformative process of allowing us to become what we eat, meaning making sure that all that good nutritious food that we're eating makes us feel good, gives us energy, um, regulates our mood, regulates our hormones, keep our minds sharp, brings us clarity, you know, our bones strong and healthy, our organs, you know, functioning effectively and our cells um, continuing to do the jobs that they do as well. So um, I give you this background because I really want you to know what our Agni or digestive fire does before I go into the other half of this topic. Um, I want you to know pretty much what it does, why it's important, and why we need to be mindful of the strength of our digestive fire with respect to our meals and the time of day that we eat our meals. So now let's go back to nature, particularly uh, the sun. Um, now, Keep in mind that just as the sun is rising, this correlates with the same time that our digestion or our digestive system is starting to rise or wake up. Just as the strength of the sun gets stronger throughout the day as it continues to rise, this also correlates to the strength of our digestive system getting stronger throughout the day as well. Just as the sun has a time of day where it's shining the brightest, the strongest, delivering the most heat, and pretty much at its optimal capacity at a certain point of the day, guess what? That, uh, that's, that goes for our digestive system as well, being um, when the sun is the strongest, brightest, hottest, you know, of maximum capacity, our digestive fire is at its strongest most maximal capacity as well. And, you know, just as the strength and shine and heat of the sun starts to decline during the course of day, this actually also directly correlates with the strength of our digestive fire weakening as, you know, the day starts to kind of come to an end or come to a close. So, you know, I give you all of this to say that, you know, in the mornings, to kind of break it down to a granular level, you know, in the mornings, just as the energy of the sun is relatively weak and still rising, this basically means that the energy of our digestion is not the strongest and our Agni or digestive fire isn't burning the brightest or the strongest. And as we, you know, start to approach the top of the afternoon, you know, with the energy of the sun being the strongest, this is when our Agni or digestive fire starts to become the strongest as well. And just as the day subsides and the energy of the sun dissipates, you know, this means the energy of our Agni or digestive fire starts to become weaker and dis dissipate with, you know, with our digestion being relatively the weakest 
at the latest point of the night, you know, meaning, you know, past relatively, you know, 8 p.m., so to say. So with that knowledge and information in mind, I simply invite you to take stock of if the density or heaviness of your meals correlates with the strength of your digestive system relative to the time of day that you're eating. Um, you know, I want to take some time to share with you some insight into how to make the most of your digestion, um, not overburden or overwork your digestion, and sort of respect the intensity and capacity of your digestion relative to the timing of your meals. So we're first going to start with breakfast, um, as that is the first meal of the day for many folks. Um, you know, just as, you know, we don't wake up in the morning already alert, fully active, and in this super ready-to-go state, um, you know, I want you to keep that in mind for the same thing going for our digestion as well. You know, um, just as we are sort of slow to start to get going, you know, after we wake up for our day, we're kind of easing into things, slowly waking up, slowly coming into this, you know, alert mode mentally and physically as well. Keep that in mind that our digestive system is doing the same thing. It's slowly rising. It's slowly priming its pump um, in the mornings. Just as I, I said before, the sun is slowly rising and slowly priming its pump as well. So with that being said, keep in mind, you know, this is just some insight for you that breakfast should not be our heaviest, heaviest meal of the day. Um, remember with breakfast, the key words are we are breaking our fast. The body has been fasting for relatively, you know, 10 to 12 hours, you know, all night. So our first morning meal is essentially breaking that fast. Therefore, this meal should not be a very fatty, greasy, super rich, you know, high carb, you know, very large, extra large kind of meal. Um, this meal, you know, since we are breaking our fast, it should be light and nutrient dense. So light relative to what light is for your body and nutrient dense relative to um, nutritious foods that provide, you know, um, dense nutrients that will ground you and sustain you, um, you know, for, for your morning, particularly regulating your blood sugar, keeping you full and things of that nature. So um, keep in mind light and nutrient dense, because what happens is, you know, when you tax your, you know, digestive system first thing in the morning, when it's still in a relatively weak state with a large meal, um, a few things happen here. First, you know, you sort of force your digestion to kick in sooner than it's ready at a subpar level um, because, again, it's, it's still waking up. So you sort of start to force the body to sort of, you know, you give it this jolt or this shock of, you know, trying to have to move quicker than what it's ready to and sort of be ready sooner than it's ready to. So you sort of just force it to kick in you know, at such a subpar level earlier than what it, it needs to and, and, and what it's ready to. 
And then also what happens is, you know, um, you, you start to, when you do that in the morning, um, as in tax your digestive system with such a greasy, fatty, heavy, extra large, rich meal, um, you sort of shift all the energy that's needed to get you started for your day and all the energy that the body is still diverting to finishing out that cleansing process that takes place overnight um, in your body, roughly until about 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, now, all that energy gets taken away from those vital processes that the body needs to do, that rhythm, that structure that the body already has taken place every morning till roughly about 10 a.m. Now it actually has to be diverted to waking up the digestive system and giving all that energy to the digestive system to assist the digestive system with trying to digest this large meal. So what you're doing is sort of shifting your body out of the rhythm that it already has of diverting energy to, you know, helping you to wake up, helping you to, you know, wake you up mentally, physically, helping to continue the cleansing process, you know, that takes place. You're taking the body away from that natural rhythm, that system that it already has, and you're forcing the body to divert all that energy to the digestive system. And what actually ends up happening is uh, you start to start your day off feeling very sluggish. You start to have this brain fog. You start to feel very heavy and tired and just sort of just not you know, at, at your optimal energetic level for first thing in the morning, simply because all that energy has been shifted to digestion. So now the body can't give you that energy physically, that mental clarity, that, you know, everything else that it needs to give you to fully prime your pump and to fully wake the body up as well. So um, that's something to, you know, to, to keep in mind, you know, with relative to um, you know, having such a heavy meal early, early in the day. And you also run the risk of, you know, food sort of sitting in the digestive system longer than what it should when it, when the digestive system is overburdened early in the morning, because the digestive system just simply doesn't have all the resources and the capability to fully digest that meal. So what does that mean? You know, um, when something is larger than what um, the capability of the, the digestive system has resource wise, food will simply ferment in the digestive tract, you know, um, because what does not get digested gets fermented essentially. Um, and, you know, fermented as in it's just sitting there, you know, and bacteria start to feed off of, um, off of that food and the food sort of just breaks down or decomposes. And this is what leads to a lot of our gas, our bloating you know, our indigestion, you know, excessive, uh, cr excessive burping, cramping, you know, things of that nature that pretty much relate to symptoms of indigestion because, you know, the food is just not moving along the digestive tract um, at the normal timing that it would. Um, so keep that in mind in terms of breakfast, you know, breakfast you know, we, we really want to consider a meal that is relative to the strength and capacity of our digestive system in the morning. And this is how we, you know, we simply respect our bodies by aligning with our body's rhythm and the nature of our body and the nature of nature as well. 
So, you know, keep in mind, you know, I'll, I'll wrap this up with basically saying breakfast should be light, nutrient dense, not too large of a meal, but yet satiating, obviously. You know, we're not trying to, you know, skimp on breakfast. You know, we want something that is, you know, nutrient dense relative to our bodies and insatiating relative to our bodies, not what a diet tells us, not what other people you know, um, are saying we should eat as in the kinds of food, but what is satiating for your body? What, what food components work well for your body? And, you know, ultimately that, you know, that should consist of breakfast, having a protein, a healthy fat, fiber as in veggies, and, you know, um, for those that enjoy complex carbs, you know, we have some people that, you know, sort of skimp away from carbs, some people that don't mind carbs, you know, relative to whatever works for you. I'm not here to, to give you gospel on, you know, the type of foods that work for you. I'm just here to share insightful information. So, you know, if you do, you know, enjoy carbs, a complex carb as well. So again, a protein, a healthy fat fiber as in veggies and a complex carb that that should be key components of your breakfast you know and having it um in a way where it's still you know light but large enough to satiate you but not an extra large large heavy fatty greasy kind of meal but satiating at the same time so you know um the ideal time for for breakfast is normally between 6 to to you know to 10 a.m now granted this ideal time you know um keep in mind that everyone's body is different and you have to sort of do and know what works well for you relative to your body and how you time breakfast but you know the ideal time that the body is uh priming to receive food to break that fast is between the hours of 6 and 10 a.m so keep that in mind in terms of trying to eat in alignment with the rhythm of your body um, and the rhythm of nature as well. Now, believe it or not, you know, lunchtime is actually when our digestive fire is the highest and the strongest. Simply because, you know, if you think about the rising of the sun and, you know, how its intensity actually gets stronger as it rises, the sun's, you know, intensity is the strongest at the height or the top of the afternoon, which is relatively between the hours of 12 noon and 2 p.m. And that is the time, you know, in most cases that the temps, you know, become the hottest. The, the peak index is at, this, at, its, uh, at the top of its uh, peak heat index and it's relatively the hottest part of the day. So just as that, you know, this is the time that the sun reaches its peak. This is also the time that our digestive fire or our agni um, reaches its peak as well. And this is also the time at which our heaviest, largest meal should be consumed. Again, lunchtime is the time that our heaviest, largest meal um, should be eaten or consumed. And I'll give you several reasons why. First and foremost, you know, with our Agni or digestive fire being the strongest at this time, the height of the afternoon, the top of the afternoon, that means our digestive system has the capacity 
the capability and the full resources such as our digestive enzymes, you know, our pancreatic enzymes, our our hydrochloric acid, our bile, and everything that's needed to digest and receive this large meal. So our digestive system has all the resources and capabilities that it needs to handle this large meal. Um, and also, you know, unless we are overeating, um, having our largest meal at this time doesn't cause us to be sluggish, you know, or tired or have brain fog, you know, um, or just slow us down as it would, you know, if we had this kind of meal first thing in the mornings, you know, um, when our bodies is still trying to wake up and get going. You know, so it so having this large meal at this time of day doesn't slow us down, doesn't divert um, energy and time and resources from something that the body is already doing to um, to sort of compensate in another area. So it's still going along with the rhythm and the nature of our body. Um, and, you know, I say that to say you know, um, it's extremely important to go along with the rhythms of our body because, you know, when we do such a thing, what we're doing is sort of adding to that rhythm instead of detracting or distracting from that rhythm. Um, the next thing is, you know, with our digestive system at full resource and capacity, um, we're also able to absorb and assimilate all of those healthy vitamins, nutrients, and minerals from our delicious food that we're eating at lunchtime to give us that fuel, that energy, that brain power, that mental clarity, um, everything we need to get through the rest of our day, the rest of that afternoon. You know, um, we have the resources to do that and we are able to fully assimilate, you know, first and foremost, fully transform, um, meaning break it down, but then secondly, assimilate, meaning absorb and to bring into our cells, our organs, um, to, to get that fuel and brain power, everything that we need to help us continue to be fueled and um, nourished and nurtured for the remainder of that afternoon, you know. Um, also, another thing is eating our largest meal in the afternoon, it actually gives us time to burn off and use those calories from that large meal because number one, it's the height of the day, the top of the day. Our energy levels are, you know, in most cases, you know, at its peak because we've already went through that morning rise and now we're at our peak, you know, energy level, you know, our activity levels are in most cases increase as we hit that peak of, you know, the afternoon, they're increased from a mental level, um, mentally and physically. Um, and because all of these activities are at its peak and mentally increased and physically increased, all of these things, all of these things actually help us to burn off the calories from that large meal. So, you know, because our bodies, the pump is primed, you know, our metabolism is at the height of its metabolism. So it's able to, to sort of burn off all of, all of those, you know, those calories and burn off that energy and put it to good use as opposed to, you know, um, eating that larger meal at a weaker time when our body just doesn't have the capacity um, to burn off those calories, you know, our metabolism is not hot enough, you know, to simply 
um, use all of that energy. So in some cases, that stuff gets stored as opposed to being utilized and burned um, and, you know, burned off and, and diverted to um, to the right areas of our bodies for what is needed the most. So um, that's extremely important because, you know, um, having the time to burn off a meal can can work wonders because what that means is the meal is uh, getting used in areas of the body that that it needs to get used to, um, excuse me, used for. So, you know, the reality is just as breakfast is a hugely important meal and sets us up for the day initially, lunch is just as critical of a meal. Um, it's, it's a hugely critical meal um, along with what time you eat your lunch, meaning the time of day that you eat your lunch and the quality of your lunch meal. So often, you know, we get busy and, you know, we skip lunch or we nibble on a little snack for lunch. And, you know, what happens is, you know, we set ourselves up to crave sugary beverages, you know, excess caffeine to sort of get us through the afternoon, high carb foods, as in the processed high carb foods, such as, you know, cookies, cakes, chips, honey buns. And, you know, all those processed foods that really just turn into sugar, you know, um, turns into sugar in our body. It raises our insulin levels simply because, you know, we're, we're skipping lunch, but yet still trying to power throughout our day, you know, by, by skipping lunch. Um, and, and the reality is when you skip lunch, the body will cause you to crave these high carb foods because you know, what the body is asking for is energy, fuel, glucose for your brain, first and foremost, because the brain is one of the organs that uses up the bulk of our, um, of our glucose along with our muscles. Um, and what will happen is it'll crave these kinds of foods, you know, these high carb, high sugar, simple carb foods, because it knows that these foods provide a good, quick source of energy because you know, they're simply simple sugars, which means they require little to no processing to turn into sugar to give the body the fuel and the energy it's craving for you to get through that particular afternoon because you've skipped lunch and you don't have any fuel to keep you going. Um, you know, but the reality is these high sugar carb processed foods actually drains the body more so than um, fuels the body for long-term purposes. Um, it may give you that quick energy that you need, that quick zap of energy, you know, for a short duration, but it comes with a cost, you know, and that cost is, you know, over the course of time with continued habits and continued practices like this, the cost is high insulin levels, elevated blood sugar levels, Increased cravings due to, you know, um, sudden drops in bl blood sugar. You know, you have this high from the initial, you know, um, high carb intake, and then you have this quick drop, you know. So you have, you start to, over the course of time, have fluctuating blood sugar levels from a high to a low to a high to a low. Um, and that can burden the pancreas and that can also burden the digestive system. Um, and also, you know, these kinds of foods, you know, these processed foods actually create a burden on the liver. Um, 
what it also does is it also, you know, because of these fluctuating blood sugar levels and these highs and lows and continued cravings from not eating a full nutrient dense satiating lunch, it starts to, it sets us up to cause us to crave and eat a very large dinner meal, meaning overeating at dinner, you know, not eating a meal that is nutrient dense and within the right portion size, but you end up overeating at dinner because what the body is doing is sort of overcompensating for the nutrients that it did not get at lunchtime. Um, and, and it's simply overcompensating because we've skimped on our lunch or snagged our way through lunch, you know, nibbling here, nibbling there, but not having a full solid meal, you know? Um, so I say all this to say, make it a point to eat lunch. <laughs> Take the time to eat lunch, make the time to eat lunch and prioritize lunch as your largest meal of the day because it sets your body up for an afternoon fueled with the energy and the focus, the clarity and everything that you need to get through the afternoon, you know, from having a nutrient dense lunch that's consisting of a protein a healthy fat, fiber as in veggies, and a complex carb. It gives your body and your brain the right kind of fuel um, from the right kind of foods that actually build the body and not take away from overburden or drain um, the body. And it also decreases your risk for um, unhealthy cravings um, you know, when you have a nutrient dense lunch because you are stabilizing your blood sugar with the protein um, and the fat and the fiber as well. And you're getting your um, energy from complex carbs as opposed to simple carbs. So you're able to get all of the macronutrients and the micronutrients needed to satiate your body. And once your body is satiating, and the meal has, you know, made a complete meal for you and your body, you know, you, you don't have any reason to crave anything because your blood sugar isn't dropping. Um, you've gotten all the vitamins and nutrients that you needed from that meal that's not causing you to crave something. Um, and you are satiated, ultimately. So now let's talk dinner. Um, we've covered breakfast and we've covered lunch. So ultimately, um, the next meal is dinner. Um, you know, in terms of dinner and with respect to dinner, you know, just as the sun starts to lose its intensity, its heat, its fire, so does our digestive system as it, um, you know, as I've said before, it aligns with the strength and the energy and the intensity of the sun. So what this means is around dinner time, our digestive system is not the strongest as it was for lunch, you know, um, as it's lost its intensity, just as the sun loses its, you know, um, intensity and heat as well as it starts to set. So what that means is, again, staying in alignment with the rhythm of our bodies and eating in alignment with the strength of our digestive system. Dinner should not be the heaviest, heaviest meal of the day. Dinner should be light, but still nutrient dense and nutrient rich. And the size of the meal should be relative to what you consider to be a satiating meal that does not leave you feeling heavy, 
groggy and just you know sort of just out of it which sometimes when we overeat and eat too much it can make us feel that way and here's a few reason excuse me here's a few reasons why with you know a weaker digestive system you know um, because the intensity is starting to slowly decline as the day starts to wind down an oversized you know large meal or greasy fatty fatty extra rich meal as in rich with you know the unhealthy fats and things of that nature um we now create a burden for our digestive system you know at a time when its resources aren't at full capacity you know the body is actually trying to begin its winding down phase for the evening um, it's, it's in the phase of slowly slowing things down. And one of those processes that it starts to slow down is your digestive system. Um, because you've had all the energy that you needed throughout the day. But at some point, just in alignment with the rhythm of nature, the same way that the sun sets and slows things down and we go into night and night is, you know, sort of a slower pace as we start to wind down for the evening our digestive system is doing the same thing and the rhythm of the body is doing the same thing. So, you know, eating a large meal at that time of day, it sort of forces the body to muster up energy um, and divert energy from the things that it's doing to wind us down for the evening um, to help to digest this large meal. So what that means is in some cases, instead of that energy being diverted to winding you down, it can almost give you an extra boost of energy because the body needs that energy to digest that meal. So instead of you starting to slowly over the course of time feel tired as you start to wind down for your evening to get ready for bed, you know, in some cases, people actually start to get a jolt of energy, you know, because the body has to give you energy to get through digesting this meal. And this can actually disrupt quite, you know, quite a bit of people's sleep rhythm because now you have energy when you should be, um, you know, winding down for the evening on your way to bed. So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, um, just too large of a meal um, really just sort of overworks the body at a time of the day when the body should be winding down. Um, also, you know, without our, our digestive levels at full strength and eating such a large meal, you know, the same thing with breakfast, you know, we run the risk of experiencing indigestion, you know, when we don't have the full capacity and resources to digest a meal, that means, you know, our stomach acid levels are lower and stomach acid actually first creates the environment for proteins to be digested, but it also is, um, is one of the ways that the body fiends off, you know, um, unhealthy bacteria and, and, you know, unhealthy microbes. Our stomach acid, the pH level, meaning the acidity level of our stomach acid, um, creates an environment where um, unhealthy bacteria and unhealthy microbes cannot thrive. So when we don't have those, you know, optimal levels of stomach acid, you know, um, we, we create room for, you know, for pretty much visitors and we, we don't want visitors to, to be, you know, taking up habitat in our digestive system. Um, so 
without the right resources, without the right enzymes, the right bowel, things of that nature, you know, all of this, all of the resources that's needed to digest a meal completely, if it's relatively weak, we really run into having the same experience with breakfast. You know, we, we start to have um, gas and bloating and, you know, indigestion and cramping and, you know, heartburn and things of that nature, because the food is just not moving. You know, it's not moving along the conveyor conveyor belt of the digestive system and food is fermenting, meaning, you know, just sort of slowly just rotting or breaking down on its own, you know, just from sitting in the digestive system for a long time. And then those unhealthy bacteria start to feed off of that food. And, you know, that's how we get the gas and the bloating and, you know, um, the cramping and all those, you know, other uncomfortable Um, symptoms that comes along with digestion. So, you know, if we can do our bodies a favor by giving um, it, feeding it a meal relative to the strength of the digestive system, we can sort of kind of, you know, eliminate some of those, you know, symptoms that comes with um, indigestion. Also, you know, consuming such a extra large, heavy meal at dinner time even closer to our bedtime you know meaning like some some people are eating an hour before bedtime 30 minutes before bedtime this actually disrupts all of the physiological processes that takes place when we sleep simply because instead of the body being able to focus on sleeping healing, repairing, restoration, allowing our organs to rest after a long days of work, allowing the lymphatic system to go to work with cleansing the body and flushing out, you know, um, flushing out toxins and allowing the lymphatic system to flush the toxins out of our brain through a lymphatic system called the glymphatic system that only happens during sleep all of these processes that takes places, excuse me, that takes place um, when we are asleep are either halted or performed at a very, very, very subpar level because all the energy that would be diverted and used towards this healing and restoration process that happens overnight when we're sleeping has now been diverted to the digestive tract, to attempting to try to muster up the energy and the fuel for the digestive tract to digest this heavy meal. So this means that instead of the body um, and the organs actually resting during sleep, it's actually working. You know, it's working to try to digest this, this food. It's working to try to, you know, offload the heaviness of this meal. It's working to try to, you know, uh, break down you know, all the components of this meal, which means that our digestive system never really gets a chance to rest. Um, And that's extremely important for the digestive system because that's how it repairs and renews itself as well. Um, And because, you know, the body never really gets a chance to rest during sleep, what ends up happening is we wake up feeling tired. We wake up feeling groggy. We wake up feeling just heavy. We wake up feeling lethargic. And, and in most cases, you know, um, sometimes we wake up still full, 
from the meal the night before. And that is a clue, keen insight that the meal was just too heavy and our digestive system was not able to carry the load for us simply because we're waking up, you know, feeling this way. And ultimately, um, when we wake up feeling this way, you know, feeling groggy, heavy, lethargic, brain fog, and just out of it, we're actually starting our days in an energy deficit state. And the body just, this just simply means that the body just hasn't had the time or the energy to rejuvenate itself, you know, um, overnight, you know, or, or experience or reap the benefits of rest and rejuvenation during sleep because that energy was taken away from the body to do so. That rhythm of the body was disrupted. That system that takes place um, within the body overnight was disrupted by such a heavy, large meal. And, you know, I, I'm here to tell you one of the things that I have learned is that the fastest way, you know, to cause disease or imbalances in the body or inflammation in the body is poor quality sleep disrupted sleep, not sleeping enough, not sleeping at all, or not giving the body the opportunity to rest, heal, and repair and cleanse itself during sleep, which is all the processes that takes place during sleep. Lastly is, you know, when we eat such a large, heavy meal at night and um, we don't eat it within a certain amount of hours prior to going to bed, meaning we're eating a meal and then within 30 minutes we're falling asleep or, you know, we're eating a meal and, you know, just going right to sleep, you know, um, or we're just, again, like I said, not giving that large window of time frame for our bodies to digest the meal. Um, we end up with acid reflux and acid reflux is a common, common symptom amongst a lot of people, you know, and I'm here to dispel the myth, which research has shown and it has been proven that actually acid reflux is not from too much acid. It's from not enough stomach acid in the body. Um, and particularly, you know, this can happen when we eat large meals at night because number one, we are overburdening the digestive tract. And if we eat those meals within a not enough of a time frame saying, you know, ultimately you should be eating dinner and then have at least two hours or more before you're going to bed because that gives your digestive system time to work on that meal, to digest that meal. And then you also are moving around and being active, which helps you to digest that meal and move that meal along the digestive system as opposed to it just sitting there from, you know, sedentary activity. So what happens is, you know, when you're eating and going right to sleep and then you're eating such a large meal with the body not having that resource and capacity, particularly stomach acid, um, you know, that food sits there because, again, stomach acid is what helps to increase the gastric motility, meaning stomach acid helps food to move along the digestive system. So, you know, with low levels of, you know, stomach acid and eating a large meal, what happens is that food starts to ferment and the byproduct of that fermentation is gas, is acid as well. And, you know, the acid from the byproduct of that fermentation of food, along with a little bit of acid that's in the stomach, 
you know, when we lay down, that acid actually um, gets backwashed into the esophagus. There is a sphincter called the lower esophageal sphincter that separates the stomach from the esophagus. So what happens is when the pressure in the stomach from the gas and the acid that's produced from food just fermenting there becomes larger um, than the pressure in the esophagus, it will cause that flap to push open. And what happens is acid from the stomach, acid from the byproducts um, of the food just sitting there fermenting backwashes into the esophagus. And this is how we get our acid reflux. This is how we get what we call heartburn. So that means a lot of people end up waking up in the morning with a sore throat. Hence the acid is getting backwashed into the esophagus. People end up waking up in the morning with hoarseness. Um, people end up waking up in the morning with, you know, feeling a heaviness in their stomach or, you know, you have the burning sensation in your chest or you have the burning sensation sort of like in your back where, you know, like the upper back area. So, you know, that is classic symptoms of acid reflux. So again, acid reflux is from too little acid, um, meaning not enough stomach acid, not too much acid. So, you know, uh, keep that in mind. So I hope this insight has been informative to you in some way, shape or form. Um, as I said in the beginning, you know, I just try to share insights from what I've learned um, over the course of time, you know, from what I've experienced and, you know, from what I, you know, study and learn about the field of health and wellness as well. Um, again, everything, you know, should be tailored and crafted to your body, to your body's needs and what works well for the rhythm of your body. But, you know, we first and foremost have to know what is the rhythm of our bodies, you know, and all of our bodies are in alignment with the rhythm of nature, particularly um, with respect to our digestive system being directly in alignment with the rise and the fall of the sun, the strength and the um, intensity of the sun as well. So just keep that in mind when you're structuring your meals throughout the day, you know, keep in mind the um, intensity and the strength of your digestive system relative to the time of day, relative to the, um, the timing of your meals and relative to um, the kind of meals that you're eating and the volume of your meals as well. Again, the goal is to satiate your body, um, but you also want to eat meals that your digestive system can handle. Um, and also keep in mind, you know, this isn't about perfection. You know, um, we all are going to deviate from the normal rhythm of our bodies. It's just, it's, it's just a part of being human. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's about making progress. It's about understanding our bodies and doing better to be in alignment and in tune with our bodies. So again, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you have found this helpful, useful, and insightful. And until next time, continue to stay well, be well, and be love in action. Take care.